peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to the Softly Performance Podcast Lunch and Learn Series, Chapter 7, Episode 2. What's going on, guys? If you didn't catch Episode 1, please head back and take a listen to what we uh, covered down there on that episode. Real quick, one thing I want to go ahead and point out with occupational stress, every single individual is going to go ahead and respond differently to their occupational stress due to their upbringing and their ability to handle and manage stress as they grew up and getting into their job. So understand that when we're talking about managing occupational stress, it's not just the idea of looking at your stress from the occupational standpoint, but it's also how have you dealt with stress outside of your occupation will also be a big piece in how we conserve energy and have the energy to perform when we have to go ahead and put ourselves into those really high stressful environments. I'm gonna pass over to Matt. We're gonna go ahead and open up and kind of break down the, the the contents of what we're going to be talking about today. And there's, again, we understand that the occupational stress topic is quite clear, I feel like, for me. I'm pretty sure me and Matt, and Matt, I think the same for you. It's kind of to the point. But what we want to go ahead and do is try and develop as many bridges for individuals to cross over to have that ability to flex and stretch when stress is high and when stress is low. Yeah, yeah. I think ultimately that's that's definitely the goal. Um, we're we're sort of coming into this, coming into this conversation, I suppose, with the with the understanding both again from from during the role, but also sort of how society perceives the tactical world. That everybody's like incredibly hardworking. They give everything for their, literally, they give everything for their for their role and and to do what they do. Um, and, understandably like living living up to those kind of standards is is pretty high pressure is is pretty pretty highly stressful and then once you add in to that equation the fact that a lot of units particularly in kind of the law enforcement and the fire service side and notoriously like underfunded and, and under-resourced it, it only just goes to sort of turn that pressure up a little bit like people are being asked over and over to do more with less um, and I guess one of the things we wanted to get into today was was what that looks like and and start kind of opening the door to discuss some coping strategies that we'll get into more next time. Yeah, and that opens the door right away just to this idea in which we keep going back to this self-aid, right? And and again, yeah. why do I go back to that? Because it's worked. It continues to work. It's something that has been ingrained into us from the tactical population that, hey, we should be able to provide self-aid to ourselves. With that being said, what does self-aid look like, right? When we go ahead and look at it being underfunded and the resources are not there as it should be, what does that look like? Well, that means that you then start creating the environment and fostering the environment in which will allow for you to have the space to, you know, release some of the negative energy, you know, and what I can use for an example here, let's say a firefighter and a fighter, firefighting team or crew go out to a fire and it was a very stressful fire. They were on it for three hours. They had to pull people out. One person didn't make it. For most, I don't, I, this is, again, I don't, I don't work in that room and I would love to hear some feedback on it, but does a team come back after that to the house, to the firehouse and sit and talk for the next hour about what just went on or, hey, let's get some food in your system. 
Let's get some, you know, let's get some food in our system. Let's get some water. Let's go debrief all of this. And when we debrief, let's go ahead and throw in a, a psychological piece in there to where we can go ahead and talk a little bit about what it felt like and what we experienced and how do we feel about it. Because then from there, we have now just moved some energy and then we can go to sleep potentially. Right, And the cool thing about that is we know the power of sleep and what it can do for your brain and how it can help you heal. So again, this just go ahead, this, what this does is I'm reverse engineering the idea of what happens in our brain from a psychological standpoint of trauma from experiencing a very hard physical stressor. Again, now we're tying the two together because that's what we have to look at. So how do we go ahead and slow down this, this depression or this anxiety or, or this 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 high stressful trauma that they had experienced because it's part of their job and how do we go ahead and not allow for them to go ahead and start shutting down parts of their brain because they just don't want to think about it right and then they start turning to alcohol they start turning to you know abusing themselves with different ways of suppression not sleeping anymore we start seeing a lot of these things start to happen which is why you know when i created this 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 framework you know and it was because of that it was like all right how do we go ahead and fix this 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 problem that I'm seeing between an occupational stress that's causing mental health issues? And we go to look at it right now. When we go to look at it. We, that's when we go and look at sleep, nutrition, hydration, heart health, CNS management. And how do we go ahead and explain those things? And then as well as highlight the psychological state of the individual and how we can go ahead and manipulate it to where we can then manipulate the stress in which we we receive and experience doing our job. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, I, I guess, I, this is probably more of a question than a statement, but I'm guessing then the the kind of the answer is rather than just to keep trying to band-aid the problem at the back end, almost if you can get in at, at grassroots, like the, the guys coming through from the recruit side of the house and change the culture so that you can you can get on top of sort of those, um, the, controlling those acute stresses and coming back down to a baseline before we start to have chronic dysfunction i guess if you can if you can educate and get that piece early doors then that's that's gonna be pulled through as those guys go through the their career and, and everything becomes a bit more normal well, it doesn't have to always be right at that period the way i like to look at that is more of like we start talking about it during that period but where do we actually start to execute it while we're actually doing our job right when we talk about the phases of a tactical professional which we've we've mentioned plenty of times you know it starts becoming that individual who's getting ready to start going through their school right their school phase a little bit cuz they're going to experience some things there that they might need to like kind of like express a little bit before you know because that could be a problem to create dysfunction or burnout but what i'm really talking about is that operational phase where they're actually doing their job now where they're actually being put in real life situations high risk situations that they have that that it's actually really happening in front of them they know that it's real right in training environments it's not as much but when you're actually doing the thing there's a different connection and energy in which you have and you transfer between that environment and that experience that ultimately creates that trauma ultimately Right. So it's like, okay, cool. We can recognize that that's the kind of energy we are when we're in these high stress environments. And we know from experience and we know from, from research and and data with numbers that, Hey, when someone experiences a very traumatic event, what happens to their brain? We know what happens to that. Well, how do we go ahead and start putting in these, these strategies to go ahead and slow that down? That's what I'm talking about here. When we go ahead and look at it and from, again, we can talk about that. It's as simple as, hey, let's go ahead and get these guys again. Let's just have a conversation after that, you know? And then from there, again, because what are you doing? You're doing self-aid and buddy aid, right? 
It, yeah. And again, you're only helping each other out. And like, hey guys, make sure you guys put some good water, like hydrate, get some electrolytes in, eat something somewhat decent tonight, you know, afterwards. And again, <laughs> everyone's probably thinking like, well, that's really hard to do. Is it really hard to do? Like, all I'm saying is get calories in, rehydrate, and let's go ahead and express ourselves a little bit to each other to be like, so we can go ahead and continue being that fucking hard motherfucker that you see on the X or at the fire or on a police chase. Why? Because what does that do for people over time? That ends up creating this, this curiosity. Be like, whoa, why is he able to perform such a high level and he's such a badass motherfucker? But he's also pushing this idea of, hey, when we get back from these things, let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit about it. Let's express some of this. Let's, you know, let's go ahead and put some good food down and let's get some good sleep. I understand sometimes that might not happen in a firehouse because the call volume's high, but it can happen when those guys get off shift together. Meaning, hey, how about you guys go have a cup of coffee together or go have breakfast if you're coming off night shift or go have dinner together real quick. Add an extra 45 minutes in where you guys just go have some dinner and just or have breakfast or have a coffee or whatever else and just talk or go out for an easy hike together or a walk or an easy run or train together afterwards and you guys talk about everything while you're working out so again i know i'm giving ideas and things to do there because it's feasible it's just again putting yourself in the position to make it happen and actually fostering that environment and and it becoming it becoming normal, correct? Like, rather than that being really kind of left afield and a weird thing to do, having it become culturally accepted within your your organization. Well, that's it, right? Because um, at the end of the day, is like the only reason why something is abnormal is because it's not normal within that environment. That is, that's it. And from a definition of abnormal, what does it mean? So then, take that abnormalness that is healthy into a normal environment and express it and kind of start to inject it and immerse it to where it changes the environment to now all of a sudden become normal. Because mm -hmm. guess what ends up happening for those dudes? They get to relax. They get to now open up a little bit easier. They get to now not have to feel like, you know, they're being judged or stuff like that because you, as a whole, it started with you and then you foster this environment to allow for each other to kind of come off this, come off that situation and be like, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and get this shit out so we can keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and do you think that's, I mean, I know you've been out a little while now, but did you, is that something you've kind of seen? Have you seen that shift? Like, is, is that with people ones you, and twosies? Kind of still in ones and with? twosies? I don't hear okay. it as much. I see it more in the civilian sector, like trying to emphasize that into like groups that, you know, that just create this different way of thinking. Right. And it's, that's mm -hmm. kind of the way I see that, but I haven't seen it. I haven't heard many people talking about those kinds of things, and that's the reason why I am talking about it is because if I was in that position these days, that's what I would be doing. I would I would still be able to do yeah. my job. I'd still be able to operate at those levels, but why? Well, because I'm doing these things now in my life to go ahead and only make me a better human, but also it's only going to improve my professionalism and how I can go ahead and operate. It's the same thing we just experienced when we went down to the conference. you know, And, you know, like we don't always drink, and I, I don't drink – rarely anymore at all but sometimes you know it's okay to kind of let go and, and do those things i get that right and we experienced that but right away the next day was like yeah we can't be doing this for the rest of the week we're going to be talking to people we need to make sure we're sleeping we need to make sure we're eating really good we need to make sure we're hydrating we need to do all these things we need to make sure we're moving or something like that or making sure that our headspace is ready to rock and roll for the day because we're going to be doing our occupation and that's completely different now because from a psychological standpoint well how do i go ahead and keep my brain functioning at such a high level well i need to make sure i'm in bed by 10 10 30 i need at least i know i like to read so i need to do that oh i like to write a little bit cool i like to move and we walk we walked a fuck ton out there so that was the cool part about that and then we didn't drink the rest of the weekend the rest of the week out there you know we went out to dinner with people and everything else like that but it was very 
much the headspace of I need to go ahead and conserve energy as much as I can because the next four days is going to be this way. And again, it's just coming down to viewing yourself as a legit peak performer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think like some of those kind of, as you mentioned, some of those those changes, the shifts that we're starting to see in the, the civilian sector. So with, with some of the tech companies, for instance, moving to uh, more kind of flexible hours and, and like slightly non-traditional working spaces, for instance, like not being in cubicles and things like that. I guess as, as that becomes um, more, more normal in, in those worlds, then they'll probably start to, I appreciate that in the tactical world, we can't like mimic that. And I don't think we should, but hopefully if we can start learning some of the lessons of um, kind of, for instance, like productivity being defined on on the quality of work that's done rather than like the volume rather than the, the hours if we can start maybe trying to learn and, and draw some of those parallels across then it, again it's that that cultural shift in in terms of looking at working more working smarter and more efficiently rather than just more well, it goes back to the idea of this wander and rigor Right when we and on, I don't know if we've have we talked about it much on these on these episodes or these lunch and low series I think we we have I think but so yeah this only increases that awareness of understanding what you need to do to wander so that your job is is balanced with this rigor because we know that at times your job is really fun and we'll go ahead and use let's go to the shooting range for most people who are used who's in some kind of combat arms go to the shooting range that's not too super rigorous unless they're there for two to three to four or five weeks that's all they're doing but if they're there for a week that's more of a decompression time period for a lot of people even though like they're shooting live rounds and they might be going through a house it's a little bit different right than them doing the other jobs so it's like being able to again the perspective of looking at what helps you balance out your occupational stress is finding things that will will allow for you to go ahead and lower the energy expender and expenditure towards something that's rigorous right and and that's that's all we're saying is looking at it from a perspective of like hey understand that these two different stressors still coincide together, meaning that you have to be able to manipulate them together because they're not in isolation. They're actually integrated. So for us to continue moving forward and doing our job, we need to understand how to manipulate and manage those two. And I know we probably keep hitting the head on the, on the you know, hitting the nail on the head on this, but you, you, it's the idea where we're not encouraging anybody to work less. I'm not saying that. What we're saying from a productivity standpoint is by having these mini breaks, by putting in these mini breaks between your occupational stress and doing all these things, it only allows you to have the energy expender to be that much more productive, that much more aware, having that much more power, that much energy. And, you know, where have we heard this from? You know, I'm not gonna lie, I've read a, quite a few books um, on peak performance in the corporate world and in that world of peak performers. And so has Matt. And I think it's been a really big piece into how we look at the occupational stress and we look at the conscious warrior system as a whole is there's some times where, you know, I think it's a, a big time surf company down up in the Bay area. They're building and Matt office overlooks one of the main surfing areas. And they have a rule that means they have a rule that, Hey, if the surf is good, go and surf, meaning, Oh, it sounds like my kind right? of Yeah, so it's like no matter what you're doing, drop everything and go surf and then come back and get back to your job. 
and right there, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go surfing, but what I'm saying is like if if you're in a moment of your job and you're doing something, you're like, man, I just need a break from this so I can come back with it with fresh eyes and an open heart and a different perspective. Let me go do something different real quick. There's enough shit that you can do or you need to take a break from to go do and come back to be to have the energy to do so. That could be going out for an easy fucking walk real quick. That could be, you know, talking with some of your buddies. It could be something that pulls you away and then brings you back. As simple as that. And this is the same idea. Again, how do we take those parallels, create the bridge to where we can use them in the tactical setting? Because ultimately that's all it's all overdoing, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm ex- like I said again, there's a lot that that has to be unpacked when it comes to, you know, when we look at occupational stress and a lot of it just comes down to repetition. Repetition and learning how to feel what it is you know, and how you react to specific stressors and then learning how to manage and, and, and manipulate them. So till next time, we'll talk soon.